The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We know that you want to live an inspired and fulfilling life. Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day-to-day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, we'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge. Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for joining me today on What Matters. Today, I'm going to challenge you to make a difference. I'm going to ask you to find the motivation to make a change within yourself that will carry ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and well beyond. For this one hour, spend this time listening and thinking about how this information presented here today applies to you. Not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker, just you. You are the only person you can really change. You are the only person you are responsible for. You are the person that can truly make a difference. Yeah, I know, you're busy. We're all busy. We lead very busy lives. And sometimes we like to fill up our lives with lots of busy things to do. And sometimes that feels really good, doesn't it? But you know, sometimes that busyness just means that we're distracted. That busyness sometimes leads us away from our goals or makes us lose focus. Are you taking for granted the things that you hold truly dear to yourself? Are you taking for granted the people in your life that are the most important to you? Are you taking for granted the things that you do that really make a difference? How do you spend your energy? Are you spending your energy on things that don't really matter? That in the greater scheme of things carry no impact? Or worse, have a negative impact? What are the choices that you make in your world? How do you touch the lives of the people that you meet? Do you create sunshine wherever you are? Let's start by making our own sunshine. What are you grateful for today? Look around your life and see the many blessings that enfold you. Today, I am grateful because... I have the opportunity to travel. This is the time of year when my wonderful mother, who is about to be 96 years old, wants to travel to Florida from Ohio. This is the trip that we make with her every year 
and she refuses to fly. She says it makes her nervous, and it upsets her. And my philosophy is that once you pass the age of 80, you get whatever you want. So at 96, if she wants me to drive her, although it will take two days, from Ohio to Florida, I do it, and I do it joyfully. She is active and alert and still living her life to the fullest that she is able. And I am so grateful. I'm grateful for that experience. I'm grateful for that interaction with her. And I'm grateful for the role model that she is. And I'm grateful for the travel that we've had. We were safe in our travels. And we had two near misses. We truly saw those angels that we put around our car. They did their job yesterday. And now I have the wonderful opportunity to spend time with my family, enjoying a gentle pace of a summer holiday. What are you grateful for today? How have you taken time to be with family, to spend time being truly attentive to the people around you, the people you love, the people you hold dear? And how have you been truly present to the people that you encounter, even if they're just gentle acquaintances? Do you take the time to wave good morning to your neighbors? Do you say good morning to your coworkers, even if you haven't had your coffee yet? How are you present? I'm asking that question beyond just the how do you make an impact, but because it also makes a difference in your creative brain. We've been talking about creativity all month, and I want to take that a step further. I want to continue to expand on that theme of discussing the creative brain. Now, last week, we had a wonderful guest. Jana Clinton was so kind and so vulnerable, sharing her path, her journey into her own creative excellence. And this week, I want to take that a little beyond where she was willing to go, I'm willing to talk about how we get to our brain in doing what she has done. How do we get not only into that stream of remote associations, but also how do we use our connection? And that's truly what she talked about, wasn't it? Our connection to other people. So let's start with that individual creativity once again. We've already talked about the difference between creative insights and the refinement of an idea. Creative insights are born in the quiet moments, those early morning hours just as you awaken, those ideas that you get in the shower, the ideas that come after you meditate. These quiet times allow us to tap into that endless stream of remote associations to find a new solution that we cannot logically induce or deduce from the details of the problem. In fact, we already know that by spending too much time in the details of the problem, we will lose the access to the solution. When we try to force a solution, we actually get less creative. But there's also that aspect of persistence 
Just because you have a great idea, an incredible insight, doesn't mean you're done. That's not the solution to the problem. That's just the beginning. There is the persistence, then, that is needed in refinement of that idea. A kind of continual evaluation and critique so that you take that solution or that creative endeavor to its finest expression. But even beyond that, there's more. Our mood affects our creativity, perhaps not in the way that one might think. It's not our positive, uplifting mood that serves us when we need persistence. It turns out that it's actually our melancholy that enhances the focus of our attention. Isn't that interesting? The research shows that when the subjects were assessed as being in a slightly negative mood state, either because of their natural tendency to depression or from a recent criticism, they actually demonstrated a better ability for memory and they wrote sentences with clearer structure and more compelling images. Isn't that interesting? A negative state of mind actually allows us to focus a little better. It's not an accident that many great writers and artists had diagnosable depression or displayed symptoms of bipolar disorder. This might be one of the few ways in which a mental challenge, such as depression or bipolar, becomes a real asset. Especially with bipolar, the highs allow the individual greater access to that stream of creative ideas. And the lows allow better focus on the refinement of those ideas into creative and compelling art, regardless of the discipline or the area of focus. I was astounded by the numbers. In a study of historical figures that now are recognized for their creative contributions in the literary world, the correlation of mood disorder and creative accomplishment was extremely high, 20 times greater than the general population. 20 times, can you imagine? I suppose that's another demonstration that any challenge can be an asset in the right circumstance. I remember joking with a friend that there was a certain singer-songwriter that I really enjoyed. Um, And he Uh, He got sober, which was a wonderful thing for his life. But it seemed like the songs he wrote while he was drinking had a lot more emotional content to them. It was the melancholy. And once he got sober, he also got happier. And the refinement of his work wasn't as good. I suppose I wouldn't wish that on anyone, that they be more melancholy, more depressed. But it is a way that it is an asset. If the angst of a negative mood actually increases one's ability to focus, then the work is better developed and the result is more heartfelt. So I guess that means that we can allow ourselves periods where it's a struggle or a hardship to do our creative endeavor, and that that is an asset in how we can become more creative. 
I've spoken before about talent and the development of talent. And we know that one develops talent with greater strength when there is frustration in the learning. We know that any aspect of something that we learn actually lays in stronger brain pathways, stronger neuronal pathways, nerve cells, because of the frustration. The same is true here in creativity. In creativity, when we struggle a bit to refine the work, it actually makes our brains work more effectively, more efficiently, and to produce greater creativity. We'll go on from here in just a moment. We're going to take a short break now. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. I just got AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network, and let me tell you, it's crazy fast. Like living in the future fast. My roommates can't keep up. Ooh, Jenny, did you hear that Barbara has an extra ticket to the concert? Lisa, that's so 42 seconds ago. I already downloaded it from the link she sent me. Oh, great. Lisa will forget about that ticket soon. See, about 52 seconds ago, her boyfriend changed his relationship status to single. She doesn't know that yet, but she will in three, two, one. AT&T. Rethink possible. Get it fast with AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network. Introducing the new Samsung Galaxy Note. It's a phone, it's a tablet, it's both, and it's only from AT&T. Limited 4G LTE availability in select markets. Learn more at att.com slash network. New two-year voice agreement with qualifying monthly data plan required. Other charges and restrictions apply. For more details, visit att.com slash note. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now back to What Matters. 
Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our topic is creativity. We're continuing to expand on that topic, talking more about how the brain utilizes its own areas of creativity and how we can connect those areas that allow us greater access to that wonderful stream of ideas and how we better express our creativity, refining it so that it truly is the art, regardless of our discipline, that we want it to be. We've talked this morning already about that negative state. Moving out of that leads us to the next step, which is that act of letting go, the state of letting go. We can inhibit our own creativity through our own need for perfection, being too concerned with the critics, too concerned with making it just right. We'll stifle the expression of the work. The great musicians understand this. The expression of music, regardless of the instrument, is more than the technical playing of the piece. The music that moves us has an emotion that captures us and sweeps us into the flow and leaves us breathless at the end. Never the same as when we begin. But how is that done? Well, just like the access to that creative stream of remote associations, to let go, to reach the emotional depth of a creative piece requires a relaxation of the mind and actually of the body. If you watch an artist, whether they draw or paint, write words or play music, when they are truly in the flow of their creative abilities, their body is relaxed. For the musicians, you actually see a bit of sway or movement Literally, they are turning off the area of the brain responsible for inhibition. Now, most of the time, we need that area. That part of the brain that maintains our social appropriateness is a good thing. See, we wouldn't want to just blurt out every little thing that we're thinking. That part of our brain that inhibits keeps us from making stupid comments or hurtful ones, or making rude gestures, well, at least most of the time. But that same area of the brain can inhibit the very quality that is necessary for creativity, the access to raw emotion that is within that creative work. The ability to turn off this area when one is in the creative process is what allows the intangible quality of rich emotion to emerge in the creative work. It is also necessary when one is improvising. Don't believe that improvising comes from just raw talent. It does not. Improvising, regardless of which discipline, any discipline, it can even be something we don't think of as being creative. An area such as engineering, architecture, or even being a bartender. (laughs) Wherever it is. Improv comes from some knowledge, not a lot of knowledge, but some knowledge, an ability to perform the basics of the craft, and then to expand on that in unusual and unique ways. But in order to do that, in order to access that ability to be creative, 
one has to turn off the inhibitory part of the brain. Literally, there is an area in the brain that stops us. It activates whenever we edit our, what we're thinking. We edit our thoughts. We edit our words. That part of the brain serves us well in conversation, but not in creativity. Now, I'm not suggesting that when we move outside of the structured rules of the discipline, that we lose all structure. Every creative aspect has structure. The canvas has a boundary. The poem has a structure. And the music has both rhythm and form. These are necessary components to creativity. A box, so to speak, to contain the work. But there are aspects of that structure that can be challenged, limits that can be pushed, an expression that can become quite unique. To do this, again, requires a turning off of that inhibitory portion of our prefrontal cortex, the front of our brain, in a way that allows the expression of that deep, rich, emotional texture within the piece. And that is what resonates within us when we view a piece of art, when we hear a, a piece of music, or when we learn of a new idea. That is what makes the piece, whether it's music, art, or a beautiful meal, resonate within us to touch our inner soul. So in creativity, we must relinquish perfection, let go of the fears of criticism or disapproval, We must find our way inside to the place where we are free to express, like a child, the depth of our soul. Speaking of children, have you ever noticed the freedom with which a child draws or sings or dances? I have a memory of dancing when I was very young. I might have been four, no more than five. And I remember dancing for my aunt. It was in the living room. And I was showing her different dances, and I was naming each one as I twirled around the room. I had no dance experience. I had no dance training. I didn't take dance lessons. I just was enjoying the movement. And there was a true freedom in that. And I remember that childlike quality. What I don't remember is when I lost that. But somewhere, I did lose that. I lost that freedom of uninhibited movement, and I lost it for a very, very long time. And I don't know from my own experience what happened exactly, when I became self-conscious about my movement, when I succumbed to my own internal critic. I'm sure it wasn't anyone in my environment that shamed me into not dancing. That I know of for sure. The voice arose from within me. The fear of awkwardness, perhaps that came with adolescence. Perhaps it was even earlier. I don't know. What I know is that I didn't dance freely again for a very long time. Not until I could find that way of turning off the critic and lessening the inhibitory part of my brain. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not any good at dancing. I just don't care. (laughs) Without knowing what I was doing, I learned to turn off the inhibitory part of my brain and enjoy the movement of dance again. It is useful to remind yourself that what other people think is none of your business. Successful improvisational artists, whether they are comedic actors or street painters, are only successful 
when they can turn off the part of themselves that cares about what other people think. The truly funny, spontaneous comedians, think Steve Martin, Bill Murray, Robin Williams, that whole crew, they have to move within their own brain to allow access to that stream of creative associations. Actually, their foundation training involved hours of learning to turn off inhibitions and to turn off the emotional response to criticism. Accepting feedback, yes, that's fine. But worrying about the critics, nope, it gets in your way. As you consider your own creativity, it might be useful to think about how you might turn off your perfectionistic voice, your inner critic, so that you can allow yourself to access that emotional depth, that the depth that would be innate to your art. I'm surprised by the number of people that I encounter who believe that they have no creativity. We are all creative. Creativity is hardwired in our brains. Whether we can allow ourselves to access our creative selves is the real question. Art is work. It is not an easy thing. It takes hours of development, refinement, and reduction. Art may appear to the uninformed as easy or simple. That's far from the truth. Art requires many areas of the brain, coordinating thoughts into a stream of insights and then the persistence of reducing that art to its clearest expression and then releasing the inhibition to allow the emotional depth to flow easily in the piece. Again, I love to use my own mother as an example of that. You know, I said last week, and I'll say it again, I didn't see her do this until she turned 80. But suddenly at 80, she seemed to have come to a place within herself that she realized that what other people thought didn't matter, that expectations that other people had didn't need to apply to her. And she found a freedom in how she moved through her days. My mother on her 80th birthday took a class in Tai Chi. I don't know why. I suppose she liked the movement. She liked the freedom. For her 82nd birthday, she took a class on Reiki, the energetic healing, and she was good at it. I looked at that and I thought, how did she come to that place where she could allow herself to let go, let go of the worry of what other people thought, let go of the expectations that she had always held herself to, not that they were bad, but that they were about other people. She stopped being so concerned about what anyone else thought or said. I think that's an important lesson, a lesson in how we can access within ourselves that place that says, I don't care. I just need to express myself, and I choose to do so freely. Now, in a moment, we're going to go further into this topic and talk about our connections and why those are so important to our creative expression. We're going to take a short break now. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned.
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. I just got AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network, and let me tell you, it's crazy fast. Like living in the future fast. My roommates can't keep up. Ooh, Jenny, did you hear? That Barbara has an extra ticket to the concert? Lisa, that's so 42 seconds ago. I already downloaded it from the link she sent me. Oh, great. Lisa will forget about that ticket soon. See, about 52 seconds ago, her boyfriend changed his relationship status to single. She doesn't know that yet, but she will in three, two, one. AT&T. Rethink possible. Get it fast with AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network. Introducing the new Samsung Galaxy Note. It's a phone, it's a tablet, it's both, and it's only from AT&T. Limited 4G LTE availability in select markets. Learn more at att.com slash network. New two-year voice agreement with qualifying monthly data plan required. Other charges and restrictions apply. For more details, visit att.com slash note. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now back to What Matters. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our topic has been creativity, and so far we've been talking about that individual aspect of creativity, how we access our creativity, how we allow our voice to be expressed in a way that loses the inhibition, loses the perfectionism, lets us move beyond into that depth of emotion that comes with our art. But there's more. Do you know that you're not at your best, not your creative best, when you work alone? You actually can achieve a greater level of creativity when you work with other people. And preferably some of those people have no clue about your area of expertise, whatever that is. And that's true whether it's art or music or electricity. It doesn't really matter. The group will challenge you beyond what you can come up with 
on your own. So think about this in your workplace. Are there things that you have to solve, problems that arise that require a solution? You don't have to be in graphic design to need creativity in the workplace. All you have to do is work in an environment that requires solutions to problems. And I don't know of many work environments that don't require that, especially today. So here's the interesting thing. Your perspective on how to solve a problem is limited by the number of years or length of time that you've been in that environment. If you can come into a problem as an outsider, not having been part of the industry, you actually have more ideas, more effective solutions. This is so well known now that in the science world, Many, many companies actually post their problems, things that they haven't been able to solve within their own research teams, on an online site that allows people from anywhere to resolve the problem and get an incentive, a monetary incentive, for having solved it. And many times the solutions comes from someone who is outside the discipline who may not even work anywhere near the field or works in a related field but not in the one that the problem is in. An outsider's perspective. I bet you have an outsider's perspective. You just don't know that you do. Rather than looking at your own area, your own problem, look at someone else's. Cross disciplines in your work environment. Go to a different department and share your problem with them And let them share a problem with you and look at it from your world rather than from theirs. It's interesting how that outsider's perspective can carry you past the limits that you perceive to be there. See, there's a a naivete when you come into a problem that you don't really have much understanding of because you also don't know what can't be done. One of the reasons that researchers in their field of study can't find a solution is because they rule out ideas as being ineffective. That can't be done. We can't do that. And that's true. It's not just in science. It happens in music. It happens in art. You can't do that. Well, someone from the outside won't know what can't be done, and so they try it. And in the trial and error, they find a new solution. Sometimes it's someone who is on the edge of the discipline, but is not the expert that can find a solution. You apply principles from your own discipline to a problem that is outside of your discipline, and it creates a new perspective. Now, groups that work together to solve a problem are actually more effective but not if they are complete strangers and not if they have become too familiar with each other. There has to be an edge, a a newness, a place in the center where groups are the most effective. So we can't just take a whole bunch of people who've never met each other before, throw them all together in a room and say, here's the problem, solve it. They won't trust each other. They won't know what each carries to the table. 
and so they won't know how to utilize each other's skills. A group that has been around with each other way too long, solved too many problems together, will begin to lose their creative edge. They get too familiar. They keep repeating the same old ideas, the same old themes, and it gets stagnant. They lose their creative edge. The groups that truly continue to produce high levels of creative works are the groups who continue to take in new members, even among their familiarity, even among those that have worked together before. They welcome new perspectives, new ideas, fresh ideas. Often this means taking someone in who isn't as experienced. That's a good thing. Bringing someone into the group who doesn't have the experience will also mean that they don't know what can't happen, what can't be done. They won't know all of the cliches, the routines. You see, our brain ceases to access new ideas when we start to live in the words of cliches, the same old. We get too familiar, we get redundant, and we can't come up with anything new. Here's the interesting thing. If we are given a problem and we are told that that problem is a local issue, our own hometown, our own work environment, place that we've always been, especially if we've worked there quite a long time, we will come up with fewer ideas for solutions than if we're told the same problem, but that it comes from a place outside, far away. So, you know, it might come from another country across the ocean. We might be told that it comes from a different coast or a different area. Suddenly, that allows us to think in a broader way and come up with new ideas, more ideas, and more unique ideas. Isn't that interesting? Just because we think that something comes from outside of our local area, that it affects more than just the people we know, we will come up with more ideas. And when we work together in sharing those ideas, we actually come up with even more. Last week, our guest was Jana Clinton. She shared some wonderful thoughts about creativity with a partner. And I want to go into that a little bit more. Having a creativity partner, or more than one, a group that challenge each other, that are willing to risk new ideas with each other, and have just a spark of competition, is a really good thing for the creative process. When people come together as a group, and they're willing to challenge And this is the interesting thing. Do you know that brainstorming is a horrible way of coming up with creative ideas? In fact, it's ineffective. We've shown it repeatedly in research. Brainstorming, that model of everybody gets to say an idea, but there's no criticism, no challenge. It has to be a safe environment. Everybody should share. Forget it. It doesn't work. Don't do it. If you're doing it in, in your work environments, stop. It's not helping you. In fact, what you should be doing is coming up with new ideas and challenging each other. Why would that work? How would that work? What do you mean by that? 
Oh, no, I can see with a flaw there. And coming up with a suggestion to fix the flaw. That's the part that's important. You see, as each person challenges each other, and the ideas are challenged for how they might work better, the solution that comes out of that is brilliant. That's when you access the group's genius. So think about this again in your work environment. If you were to bring together a team, a team of people that are not all related to the actual creative solution or the problem itself, people that come from different areas, different departments, perhaps have nothing to do with it, they will help you come up with a new solution. Isn't that interesting? Accepting ideas without challenge will diminish the solutions. Accepting ideas with challenge and critique will actually enhance and create more ideas, more effective solutions. Did you know that by taking a vacation with the problem you're trying to solve, you can actually increase the likelihood of a very effective solution? See, we sometimes take a vacation thinking we're going to get away from things. I want to challenge you. Take that vacation and take the problem with you. Because when you take a vacation and you move to a new area, whatever that place is, whether it's someplace abroad or someplace near and and close to you, it gives you a different perspective. And sometimes it's in that moment of relaxing letting yourself just kind of mull over the idea that you come up with a new thought, a new idea. If you then have a group that you can take that back to and begin to challenge the solution, you will come up again with a group genius, a brilliant solution. The more often that you are engaged with others, the more successful you are, regardless of discipline. When you begin to engage with others about ideas, even if that's casual conversation, even if it has nothing to do with the problem you're trying to solve, you actually will be stimulated to come up with more effective solutions. Now we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll wrap up this topic of creativity and how you can apply this into your own life. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. 
You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. I just got AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network, and let me tell you, it's crazy fast. Like living in the future fast. My roommates can't keep up. Oh, Jenny, did you hear? That Barbara has an extra ticket to the concert? Lisa, that's so 42 seconds ago. I already downloaded it from the link she sent me. Oh, great. Lisa will forget about that ticket soon. See, about 52 seconds ago, her boyfriend changed his relationship status to single. She doesn't know that yet, but she will in three, two, one. AT&T. Rethink possible. Get it fast with AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network. Introducing the new Samsung Galaxy Note. It's a phone, it's a tablet, it's both, and it's only from AT&T. Limited 4G LTE availability in select markets. Learn more at att.com slash network. New two-year voice agreement with qualifying monthly data plan required. Other charges and restrictions apply. For more details, visit att.com slash note. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now back to What Matters. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. We've been talking about creativity and accessing that creative aspect of your own mind and also using a group to help stimulate even better solutions than you could ever spark on your own. It is those connections that you make with other people that do spark new ideas. And actually, it's not the formal sitting down and trying to solve a problem that actually solves the problem. It's the casual conversations. It's the conversation you have as you get a cup of coffee when you're standing at the vending machine, when you go to the restroom and you find somebody in the hallway. Those are the conversations that oftentimes seem to be non-productive and yet are probably the place where there's more productivity than any other aspect of interaction. We are creatures of ease. We will interact with the people that are easy to come across. If your office is isolated, you won't bother to talk to people and your solutions to problems will be poor. They won't have that creative spark or that brilliance. Not even your own brilliance, even though you might be very, very good at problem solving. Unless you allow yourself to engage with others, conversations, interactions, even if they seem not to apply to the problem at the time, you will find that it stimulates a thought, an idea, and that stimulates another, and all of a sudden, there you are, off and running, 
finding that steady stream of remote associations in your own brain. Multiple conversations. The more conversations you have, it allows you access to many, many perspectives. And each of those perspectives brings with it a new interpretation. So how do you apply this into your life? Well, first of all, let me give you a couple of exercises to do. If you're trying to turn on that creative aspect of your brain, get some crayons. Yeah, that's what I said. Crayons, colors, I don't care, could be markers, but something with lots of colors. Take a sheet of paper, grab all the colors, and start scribbling. Oh, did I mention? Turn on some music. Music that has a fast pace. If I could do it, I would play for you right now my favorite piece of music that I use for creativity enhancement. It's the Vince Giraldi interpretation of Linus and Lucy. You know, from Peanuts. Yep, that's the one. I love it. It's the Snoopy dance. It's the jump up and down, move everything in your body dance. That's the one. And scribble to that. Lots of colors cover the whole page. No form, just scribble. Do it for three minutes. When you're done, you will have gone into your right brain because you will have turned off all that inhibition. You will have allowed yourself to kind of play like a child. Don't like to scribble? That's fine. Go outside. Go to the hallway. Doesn't matter which. Skip, jump, and clap. Sing out loud. Go as far as you can into the play of the child. Again, that allows you access to ideas that you wouldn't have come up with sitting still at your desk or staring at your computer. And in your own life, find a creativity partner. Find someone that you're willing to share ideas with, that's willing to share ideas with you, and that you both feel comfortable challenging each other. Challenging each other to come up with many ideas and use those ideas to leap into more ideas. Start out by saying, okay, here's the problem we have to solve. And each of you go off and come up with as many ideas as you can by yourself. Then come together. You might even take yourself in your mind to a foreign and exotic place. Okay, so let's imagine that we're sitting in an outdoor cafe in Paris. No, I've never been to Paris, but I've seen enough pictures. I can imagine being there. And I can imagine viewing the world from a different cultural perspective, even if I don't understand that culture or have never experienced it. Just by virtue of the fact that in my mind, I have taken myself to a different place, I'm expecting a new perspective. Then, working with your creativity partner, you begin to imagine how this problem would affect someone else, someone far away. Write another list of solutions. Now you have a lot more ideas. As you begin to share ideas with your partner, do so with critique. Challenge each other. How might this work? Where wouldn't it work? Where's the flaw? What would make it better? What can we learn? How can we apply what we learn to the solution? If there's just that little edge of competition between you, play that game of one-up. I'll see your solution and I'll raise it. That's right. When you do that, 
you come up with more and more ideas. And when the two of you have exhausted your ideas, pull in another person, preferably someone who has no history with the problem or who comes from another perspective or discipline. Use their naivete of the problem to bring in even more ideas. And again, do the critique, challenge, get excited about it. The more that you play, the more that you lose the left side, the critique side of your brain, and the more that you access the right side, the creative stream in your brain. Do you see, in playfulness, we're automatically relaxed. So if we approach a problem with, I'm just going to play with the solution. Actually, in hypnosis, we do this a lot. We use the word play so that there's no pressure for a solution. Just play with the idea. Play with your mind. Play with the thought. Play with that problem. See what happens. It's in the challenge of playfulness that we actually come up with more ideas. The more that you can find those ideas and challenge them, the more that you can enhance and refine that idea to its perfection. And isn't that ultimately what you want? The most exquisite expression of the solution. Again, whether it's art or music, the solution to a problem in your workplace, or a beautiful meal that you have created from recipes that you develop. It doesn't matter how you do this. What matters is that you allow yourself the expression of your creative self. Do you see, that is how we speak to each other through our creative self. That's how we touch each other's spirit or soul. And that is what helps us in making a difference in this world. We make a difference when we have new ideas to old problems. We make a difference when we can find a way to connect at a deep emotional level. We make a difference when we reverberate with a vibration of love and kindness and generosity. And we do those things from our creative self, not from our critical self, not from our perfection, but from our creative self. So I'm asking you today, what have you learned? How will you use what you've learned and apply it to your life? What solution will you now look for to an old problem? How will you choose to connect with other people to enhance your own creativity and the depth of your connection with the people that you encounter every day? This is your challenge this week. And how will you use it in your life? I invite you today to go out there and make it a really great day. You truly deserve it. Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. I just got AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network, and let me tell you, it's crazy fast. Like living in the future fast. My roommates can't keep up. Ooh, Jenny, did you hear? That Barbara has an extra ticket to the concert? Lisa, that's so 42 seconds ago. I already downloaded it from the link she sent me. Oh, great. Lisa will forget about that ticket soon. See, about 52 seconds ago, her boyfriend changed his relationship status to single. She doesn't know that yet, but she will in three, two, one. AT&T. Rethink possible. Get it fast with AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network. Introducing the new Samsung Galaxy Note. It's a phone, it's a tablet, it's both. And it's only from AT&T. Limited 4G LTE availability in select markets. Learn more at att.com slash network. New two-year voice agreement with qualifying monthly data plan required. Other charges and restrictions apply. For more details, visit att.com slash note.